0: everybody, it's Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan here. Um, I'm sure you've seen by the title and the feed that this isn't your regular programming for this week. Um, So I just want to apologise on behalf of myself and Dave in regards to the interruption schedule programming this week and last week. Myself and Dave have been hit by some unavoidable health issues and... Um, there's been some scheduling conflicts as well in the mix. So um, we're both okay. Everything is fine. But yeah, that's just a bit of an explainer as to why the show has been interrupted. But we'll be back to regular programming next week. Um, For now, please enjoy this episode of Before the Encore and we'll talk to you then. Thanks a million. Uh, Okay, listen now for the click track,
1: everybody. Uh, And away we go. This is uh, track one, take one, yeah. One, two, three,
0: more. Hello, my name is Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan, and this is Before the Encore. It's great to be back. It's season two, and it's taken far too long to get here. It's been like nine months since I put out an episode. Absolutely obscene. Um, For anyone who's unfamiliar with the Before the Encore format, Before the Encore is a music industry deep dive hosted by myself. And I sit down with people who I think maybe may not be getting the spotlight uh, uh, kind of uh, in a way that the artists that say they're working with might. Um, And I... Kind of give. I just want to give them a chance to kind of tell their story and how they got to where they are, and just learn a little bit about them as well. Selfishly, I will admit, um, but it's great. And um, I've got some really, really good guests in uh, in this this season, and I'm really, really glad to be kicking it off with this guest in particular. So let me give you the lowdown on what's going on, and we'll step into the episode. So today's episode and the first one of season two. Is with Osaze J bass. Now, Osaze J bass is a session bassist. MD, uh, MD being musical director. Currently, he's MDing for Shiv. He in the past has um, MDed for acts like Alicia Ray and FA, who've gone on to uh, some some great things. I, I met him through Shiv, so that's kind of how I got to I got to know him, and we bumped into each other. And I said, "You must come on the podcast." Um, Partially for me, because again, it's like a learning experience for me. I knew nothing about him. I wanted to learn a bit more. Um, but for a little bit of background, like I said, he does that kind of stuff um, in a session in world. But he's also um, one third of the Afrobeat Ensemble, Newbery, who um, you may have seen their covers of some amazing Afrobeat songs and R&B, uh, hip hop songs. They've done many, many things, lots of stuff out there on YouTube. There'll be plenty of links um, for you in the description so please do check that out if you're not familiar with their work um, and yeah it was just really exciting to get a different perspective on what session musicianing or what's being a session musician rather should I say is and just the kind of bells and whistles involved with MDing and the you know priorities and um, roles that you have to undertake and you know um, situations that you may or may not get in so Uh, yeah it's 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 it was a real eye-opener for me and it was nice because um again it's just like a little part of the industry i'm kind of a little bit less familiar with and i felt like was maybe a slight gap in season one um especially from the sessioning side so yeah it's great to have on to to be talking to me um and i'm gonna kind of cut it there i'm gonna let the the conversation do most of the talking um but I suppose I will say a little disclaimer at the very, very end, just when I'm asking him to plug his bits and bobs, um, there is a couple of gigs that have passed. I've left the dates in specifically because there's a little bit of context around what he says um, about one of the artists that he is he has since gigged with in Cork. And I, I just want to leave that in because I thought it was a really nice piece when I was doing the edit. Um, I have banked a lot of these off. So these... While well, they are evergreen interviews, that was a particular thing um, that I just want to flag up. So, if you do hear a date that's in there in the past, that's there on purpose, and uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't impact your um, your enjoyment of the episode too much. So, what again for people who are unfamiliar with the format, what you're going to hear is you're going to hear um, myself in conversation with Osaze. You're going to hear uh, a smattering of his um, musical works and examples of his work, um, be it with Newbury, be it with um live performances or um anything kind of of that world basically anything that kind of showcases osaze and his work and what he does so you'll hear a bit of that throughout the episode if you're unfamiliar with the format people who are coming back you're going to be familiar with the format this is what we do every episode um but i just want to say thanks again for joining me this week and thanks for uh coming back if you're coming back as a returning listener before the encore but if you're new to before the encore thank you so much for joining me Um, i really hope that you're gonna find out a little bit of info you didn't know before and you just take something new it's a little bit of the music industry maybe you didn't know that much about and um that's what this is all about so um i'm gonna say no more i'm gonna leave uh leave it there for now um and i'll be back afterwards but for now this is before the encore season two with osazer j bass Osaze, yes, Osaze
1: J-Bass. Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks Just... for coming in
0: on the rainiest day of 2023. Yeah,
1: they told me it was sunny today and they lied. By day, I mean my weather forecast. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: um, yeah. yeah, happy to be here. Thank you so much. Not at all. Not at all. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, you would have heard in the intro, Osaze is a musical director, session musician, bassist. Yeah. Um, also a member of Newbury Yes yeah, sir um, So Tell us about the, the st- I want to know where the start Like star. what what was the start of it all Like what kind of got you to where you are now Just the story leading up to it
1: Oof.
0: Because like I was saying off Mike, I was trying to do some research And let me tell you yeah. That you are a hard man to get some
1: information on. Yeah, I'm. I'm like a ghost on socials. <laughs> that's,
0: um, but that's great. I like, like that's good for me in this room as well because yeah. I then get to learn in real time. Yeah. About yeah. The, about the story. You and know it what I mean?
1: Pushes me to make content. And shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, if if you're talking about where I started with music, like I've always been into music, listening to it and being exposed to it. Like my mom's an amazing singer. She just sings at home, or in the shower, or whatever, and then like going to church, different types of churches, through different periods of my life. Um, I was exposed to like different types of gospel music and stuff like that. So I guess when I started playing bass, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Okay. Um, I was going to. A church that's like a, they do like Christian contemporary music, just okay. CCM. And it's like, it, it's not easy, but it's fairly easy in terms of the skill you need to play, mm-hmm. if you get me. So there was just one like youth thing, there was a youth group and they were like, oh, you guys are going to do a song for Sunday. And there was no bass player and they just handed me a bass. And the rest was history. <laughs> no, nah, I was just like, I did that, and it was like, oh, our bass player is going to a different church. Do you want to stay on and keep playing? And I was like, well, I don't know how to play. And they were like, oh, you can just take the bass and learn. And then, yeah, I did. Um, so that was like four, oh, that's like five years, six, oh, six years six, ago. Six, we're down six. Now, Damn. Man. I've been telling people, I, I just started two years ago, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I actually just started last month. In, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, so just started there in church. It was really good at the start, and since the music wasn't like mad technical, it was easy to like to get into like a first teamer position, mm. if that makes sense. And, and
0: and for like people who wouldn't understand what that is, what is a first teamer?
1: Just that's just my figure of speech of like. Yeah. Playing in church every Sunday and, like... The go-to, like, the kind of yeah, the go-to basis. I knew, I knew my way around, like, the worship team and the songs. Like, I was pretty comfortable with all of them. And, yeah, there wasn't anyone else at the start. And then after, I think a, a while later... A while later, there still wasn't anyone, but I, I wanted to leave. Or I didn't want to leave, I just wanted to... You know, when you start getting into music in terms of playing and you became like conscious of like music production, different instruments. Yeah. I used to be like, oh, those lyrics or those vocal melodies or what? Not not that I would say that in my head, but like as a kid, like that's what would catch me in a song. For but, sure. Like yeah. now I know songs and I don't even know what the lyrics are or what the vocal melody is. But I know like the drum pattern or I know like you just become like bass conscious or drum conscious or production conscious, I guess.
0: Yeah, you kind of get, the blinkers go on, and it's like, it's it's all you can hear. Um, Yeah, I get that. And And like, like,
1: the world of music opens up so much more. So I was like, this stuff is too, we were playing it too bland for my taste. mm -hmm. And I think it frustrated me, and that shone in my attitude, and I just was like, oh, let me just leave to a different church. So I left, and I went to like more of a, it was a Nigerian church, and they play more like afro praise, and like their worship is more complicated a bit and gospel and more like more feeling in terms of more feel in terms of playing, so okay. um it definitely helped me get better, and it it also exposed me to more and opened up my world a bit more as well, so yeah yeah, and then also just. Just listening to people, like, I'm I'm from Navin, so I, the way I see music in Ireland, or the way I saw music in Ireland was like, who was like, popping on socials or like, who I could see on socials that's from Dublin and doing something or who I heard of whenever I was in Dublin. Yeah. Like, there was a few, missions, a few bass players or drummers or people who were like, oh, that's the guy, mm-hmm. you know in the church scene anyway and then
0: was there any um that stood out that you kind of did you ever like make the the trip to see these people the kind of mythical yeah the mythical creatures of your world
1: of my world yeah there was like kelvin i'm not gonna say his last name because i'm a butcher but (laughs) (laughs) kelvin was like you know when someone describes someone and it's like when you think you're gonna meet him, it's like this huge, like six foot five guy who's like crazy intelligent and super buff and like, <laughs> <laughs> like superman, like <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. a god <laughs> in your eyes. And then, I, when I went to see him play, I didn't actually, I couldn't actually see him, so I, I could only hear him, mm. and it was like I, I was hearing him, and I was like, okay, he definitely is six foot five and superman. Mm. But then I seen him, and I was like, oh, this guy's just a regular cool guy and like. Yeah, it was crazy. And then the, the other guy was Solo.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Solo.
1: You know, so yeah. everyone knows Solo. Like, I think I've only heard him play live like two or three times. And, like, he literally just blew my mind in terms of, like, I was at a position where, like, every, I was, like, information hungry in terms of music. Like, mm. I was just like, I want to learn everything. I want to know everything. So it was like, now I'm hearing drummers play chops, and I understand, like, not that I understand, but I can feel how complicated their chops are. Mm-hmm. Or I can feel how complicated the chords or the voicings, like, a, a keyboard player might be playing. Mm. Do you get me? And, like, even to this day, the way he plays music on blaze is, like, crazy to me. But Yeah.
0: It's, and that's, like, obviously amazing, being able to, like, directly relate based on the instrument that you're playing, mm-hmm. right? Because being handed something and like having kind of like, I don't know what whether you had a background in instrumentation before the church or I
1: learned how to play the recorder and Okay,
0: so there was there was something there. Yeah. But like being handed a completely new instrument and being like, go, you know, being yeah. told to just go and then kind of getting like that to me was everything when I stepped into production world and even like just learning about other people making music in, like mm. local scenes, like in Dublin or in you know, kind of the 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 Meath area, because we would have like uh, I would have gone to school in Meath, mm. um, in Ashburn, and sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm only five minutes down the road. It's fine. Yeah. I'm on the go- I'm on the good side of the border though. Oh, I'm that's on the what good you side think, of the border, yeah, so yeah. it's all good. Um, yeah, no, I I went to school in Ashburn and like I you know we would have gigged in would gigged in Navin once or twice or like Battle of the Bands stuff, you know, mm. like, and, you know, you get to, you're exposed to people and then you're gigging in Dublin, you're seeing like totally different bands and mm. like, it's like, like you say, you know, what's kind of going off in one place is like totally different to another. And I think there were like microclimates at the time as well, yeah. where it was like everyone, everything was a bit more insular whereas now it feels a lot more connected. Mm. Like, there's people in Galway who are going to know who Officer is. There's people in, you know, Donegal who know who, like, uh, Cello is, or mm. Strange Boy, or, you know, people like that. And, mm. like, even um, bands like uh, Sprints, uh Just Mustard, like, these are bands that... Uh, like, bands like that would have played in Battle of the Bands with me, mm. you know, 15 years ago, and now they're, like, signed to major record labels. So it's, like, a totally different... Yeah. frame a reference now so even like that when you would have I suppose been kicking everything off would have been when I was in the late stages of that and coming into production so it's yeah. like there's a bit it, obviously there was still a bit there but the fact that like you were hearing about these people and being able to go like solo for example I've worked mm. with him on on some stuff and um, no, I have, I have still never met him, but like the music is amazing. Do you know what I mean? You haven't so, met him? No, I haven't met him, no, that is no. so weird. Gotta get him in here, gotta get
1: him sitting down Bro, on the couch. Get him in, I don't even think he lives in this country anymore. <laughs> but, um, well, were you playing keyboards in those bands or playing? No,
0: I was playing drums actually.
1: Drums, yeah,
0: and um, it was an odd one because like I didn't like, I was always kind of like, yeah, I just really want to like play drums, mm. I always just wanted to play drums and like for like no reason do you know what I mean like there was no I can't I couldn't tell you exactly why I couldn't tell you like that there was someone who I saw and I was like fuck yeah that's you know yeah. the, that's the reason why yeah. it was more so like oh I want to play drums and then I got like this rusty crap drum kit that was filled with holes and I had no stands Oof. and had to make stands <laughs> out of like you know scraps that I found yeah. in my garage and like uh, all of this kind of stuff but It was so good. It was so, so good, you know. And then after that, it was kind of like, okay, kind of like you actually in Mm. in the sense of, okay, now I I guess I'm, you know, playing drums now. I better kind of go and see who like is playing drums, you know what I mean? And like started then digging into liner notes and like who's playing in these bands and who, you know, Mm. because like we're all exposed to, front man or you know the lead guitarist was always like they were the two shining lights of any kind of rock band or whatever back in the day and mm-hmm. you knew who those people were but for me I never really kind of knew who the drummers were so it was a case of like going and finding that
1: yeah
0: Um, drummers and bass
1: players are hard to find not hard to, when when you were younger they were hard to
0: yeah because like information was a lot less you yeah. know um, like I, ugh, I think it was only like 2013 or 2014 when I got the internet so like yeah. It was like, yeah. you know what I mean. It was it wasn't, it just wasn't there. So like the information that we have now is just like not readily available. Like you can go mm. on your phone and just Google who drums yeah. in X, you know, or who who recorded these parts or whatever. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to step back into the worship world for a minute because it's mm. something that I admittedly don't, like. I don't have a lot of information on, like mm. it's just not an area that I've been exposed to, but, um a couple of people who I've spoken with and, like, people who I've kind of learned to, or, you know, gotten to know over the years just through, um, you know, working in the, in the industry mm. have kind of been brought through that, through that world yeah. and that's how they end up where they are now. Mm. And I find that each individual has always been crazy technical and, like, has these this knowledge of music not even music theory but just like the feel of Mm. the keyboardists in particular like chord like the the weirdest chord voicings and like but they make so
1: much sense do you know what's annoying they'll have like those voicings but then you'll ask them like what chord are you playing and like me bass i'm playing root notes yeah sure and like i could be on a and then i'm asking them what, what they play they're like oh i'm playing f sharp with like a with like a nine at the bottom or some shit. And I'm like, this doesn't help me <laughs> at all. And they don't even know what they're playing. At this point, they're just playing, they've gone past the theory. They're just like, they're just playing essentially. It's, it's feel. They're feel to their hands. And it's like, well, good that you're good, but it doesn't help me, bro. <laughs> but you know, I, I definitely hear
0: what you're. What you're saying, um like did you find that when you you said you kind of moved from one church then to the Nigerian church, which mm. was like like a lot more technical and a lot more kind of yeah maybe even slightly abstract in comparison to what you would have like seen in the previous yeah um I wanna just like hear about what what were the learnings there from like a base perspective
1: from a base perspective um you're First of all, it's a whole different, like, song. They're all different songs. A lot of them, for me, they're in a language I don't know because it was a Nigerian church, but predominantly it was a uh, Yoruba people. That's like a tribe in Nigeria, one of the biggest tribes. And I'm Edo, and, like, I don't speak Edo or Yoruba. And so I'm going to this Yoruba church, and, like, they, they'll do, like, 40% of their songs in English. I don't know them English songs anyway, mm. But then the songs are also in Yoruba. So for the English songs, it's like I listened to them and like I think I came on the first day, first rehearsal. And they just started to play the songs. And as a bass player, I had already learned like the the major scale and like that's predominantly how I play major scale stuff. And Mm. you just kind of follow along with the chords and try and hear the root note and play it and how the musicians communicate in that church is through the num- number system. But I had learned, like, A, B, C, D, F sharp, all that type of stuff, which is what you need. But then when you get to the number system, it's just quicker, because, like, you might be in an A, and then a new singer steps up, you move to, like, C or G or something. So there's no point in just trying to say letters all the time. You'll get confused, so you just use the number system. And um, in that sense, it, it's like... You don't need to learn the songs. You just need to learn how typical songs go, or however the keyboard player, because the keyboard player is usually the lead instrument. Yeah. However, they're going to play the songs. You follow them and make it sound nice and together. So my job was basically just to follow the keyboard player. I was trying to pick up the songs, and I think I picked up a lot, picked up a lot of the songs along the way. But follow the keyboard player and luck that like melody or that chord progression with whatever the drummer drummer's kick pattern was and that's just how I was at the start and then as time went on I started to learn the chord progression for songs, I was listening to the songs like at home and chewing them and like you could YouTube these songs. and There's like five different, a million versions. different versions in a million different yeah. keys. Yeah, and yeah. then you'll come and the church is playing playing a different version, and then they could play a different version three weeks later. So you just come and you kind of start to you start to get that feel. There's no like teaching it. You kind of just make it up yourself. It's, I a, guess. it's
0: adaptation, I think.
1: Right? Yeah, it really like it's it's just reading the room mm. and playing to the room and looking at what other musicians do at at different points of the room so like you i could be there on a sunday and like sometimes you can feel it before worship starts or before praise would start and like people are here today focused on like being with god and being present and actually participating and some mornings it might be like like this like rainy and you know not everyone turned up to church today and feels a bit empty and you might have to like push it a bit more and maybe overplay a bit more just to to fill the room to
0: engage yeah
1: yeah a bit more even just for yourself just to fill it up a bit more you know sometimes definitely as a bass player I, like i like to just like do the as little as possible um and just like stick to the basics and that just let the room be filled I guess you know <laughs> it's hard to explain to yeah, be uh, fair
0: is it, and I, I fully appreciate that because like again yeah. what it almost a lot of what you're saying feels to me as someone who like just kind of like I never had drum lessons I just kind of like taught myself mm. Um, and it feels really counterintuitive to me for you to as a basis to say first and foremost I'm following the keyboard player
1: yeah
0: and then secondary to that is the drums Mm. and trying to lock that in and trying to like juggle those just feels so difficult like uh, as a concept as a concept do you know what I mean like as a concept for a rhythm like because the drums and the bass are the rhythm section of you know any live instrumental band right and you know you might have a rhythm guitar as well but the 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 skeleton of it is the drums and the bass Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so to be able to like go back and forth and like kind of then you know really lock in
1: Mm. um it was tough
0: uh, yeah but like you 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 know you you adapt and it becomes like it's like a superpower almost then when you kind of step out of that world and into like a world that's not you know like you've you've done um md and session duties for fa shiv um Alicia Ray mm-hmm. um, you, you you play with Newbury as well um, I think yeah. that's kind of a bit more technical like just from what I've seen
1: yeah.
0: um from you guys and like you have a lot of um like live performances and stuff on YouTube and just like seeing how you guys all work together is like very and like the rearrangement of a lot of stuff mm. it's really cool yeah. um I like the Sorry. the 2022 Afrobeats like kind oh. of rearrangement and like <laughs> Yeah. That was really cool because, like, it was. I would have known some of those songs, mm. but then hearing them like completely different. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with different chord voicings, different like patterns, yeah. different accents, stabs, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um. When did you? Like when? When was the the kind of shift in? when you obviously you're like you're playing in in this church and you're you know it's Mm. a lot more technical I I assume you're feeling really good about it and I assume it's like starting to feel really good when you're kind of locking in and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff um when was the like the change in mindset being like okay maybe I'm gonna like step into like you know people playing music now as opposed to like Mm. in this setting where it's like all under one roof and it has a particular purpose and you know it's it's a different mm. it, it it's it is a different world to a degree you know yeah. um when did that change and like what happened i suppose after take me from you know when you joined to
1: no yeah there um i think was it around 2019 and like I just started making like videos for instagram mmm I didn't make a lot of videos, but... And even to this day, I need to make more videos. But, um, like, I I had always listened to, like, secular music. So secular music is, like... Non- Non-religious, right? Yeah, Yeah. So, like, listening to secular music and non-secular music and, like, looking at the differences and similarities and, like, playing both and taking something from one and playing it in the other is, like is just something I was kinda getting used to and um obviously just being on social media and like starting to play bass and just like, oh let me make a video or two and put them out and then I did. And I had already done like I used to play with this like <laughs> these Filipino kids and like we had done a few gigs and just doing like Torn by Natalie and in, in whatever her name really, is. Yeah, yeah, And, like, Seven Nation Army and, like, just really random, like, cover gig songs. I did that in, like, 2018. Mm. And then, like, that had been my taste of, quote-unquote, gigging. So I started doing those videos in 2019 and um, put them out and just labeled myself as a bass player. And if you need me, hit me up. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'll probably be called for more church gigs. Or I'll probably be, be getting called for church gigs. And I think I was called for one. I did a conference. It was like a three-day conference. And um New Beach Drummer, Michael's Church. And that's how we started playing together. And that was like my first, like, church gig where I was, like, getting paid. And then... That same year, I had done a video. I remember this video so clearly. Um, I think I do, actually. Anyway, (laughs) F.A. had hit me up and was like, oh, I love this video. Do you want to, like, play this? We did this, like, thing in Pirate, like a live recording. Yeah, I saw the video. That day traumatized me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more, tell me more. now Now that I've done, like, a proper, like, live recording with, like, lights and... Big ass cameras that mm. people have hanging over their bodies, and like makeup, and you know, like multi-track recording. Looking back at that day, and like seeing how I got through that, I'm very proud of myself. Because we were like, we had like five laptops, five interfaces. <laughs>
0: <laughs> everyone <laughs> recording their own stuff. <laughs> the everyone kind of recording
1: thing. their own stuff, and it was like, we did like how many takes? We didn't do that that many takes. We did like four takes, but it was like. Hot room, study room, and, yeah, it looked good, to be fair. That was my first, I think, I'd say that was my first, like, I feel like that was my first gig, if you get me. Yeah. And then I didn't really get any after that for, like, a year. But life is life. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, FA was really, like, the first artist I started gigging with. And we did that gig in Pirate. And she didn't have any for, like, a year or more. Mm. But during that year, I had, like, started to, like, find more musicians on Instagram, like, Americans, English, even Irish people, and, like, Japanese people, people from Thailand, and, like, looking at their page, looking at their content, and it's, like, bass players, drummers, keyboard players. Then I found, like, musical directors and looking at what they do. I found, like, musical arrangements and stuff and started looking into that, like... I think I found the composers that year as well. I don't know if you know the composers. No. They like they do what we do, but they're like a few years ahead of Well, they don't they do something like what we do. We're better. But, um <laughs> They're from they're from London, I think. They're like four Ghanaian guys. And they've played for like Jay Huss. They're okay. also all producers as well. It's really cool. weird. They're crazy musicians. Anyway, they played for like Jay Huss. They've played for Asha who we'd play for. They've played for Davido from Nigeria. They've played for, who else? That's actually all I know, to be fair. But they're they're big, like, they have their own following. They've made their own original music. Uh, But they're still doing their own gigs. They also work with artists. So Mm. they were kind of like the template for Newbury. But that's a different story. So I found them, and their arrangements really, like, it was, like, number one, good recording quality like good live mixing of their stuff and then like the actual arrangements i was like hearing them and understanding them and i was like this is what i want to do like this is what i want to get into this is what i want to replicate so they were like a big inspiration to me and um that's how i got into like md and bass playing as well so yeah
0: a lot to take on yeah you know it was like i didn't
1: a, realize i thought it was just like music and it's, md'ing is a, is definitely not just music
0: it's no stuff. it's not it's like i you know having md'd myself uh, mm. in a very loose manner like mm-hmm. I, I cannot begin to describe it was like a very loose manner <laughs> um and it was like there was a lot less moving parts because i i, I md'd for nilo last year in his festival season mm. um I, it, like it was, it was easy, you know. It was yeah. because it was like, you know, we had him, a singer, saxophonist. That was it, you know. And I, yeah. and like track, mm-hmm. so that was easy to navigate and easy to like rehearse. Very easy to like, you know, route in ear monitoring and like all of that stuff. It was like straightforward, completely yeah. straightforward. But the kind of gigs that you were taking on, I think, were probably a little bit more i'll use the word convoluted and i don't mean that in a negative sense i mean it yeah. more in the sense of the true term of the word with it being like kind of complicated and a little, there's more moving parts there's more uh, things going on yeah so what was like the first foray into MDing a situation was it the fa gig
1: it was i think yeah fa was my fa was like me learning how to md and like testing my shit out on her and, like, like, that was the first gig that I started to run tracks. Like, I had just got Logic Pro, and, like, I was even still learning how to use it, and I got an interface, and, like, I, it was literally a thing of, like, looking up, oh, how do people, like, play music on stage, and, like, a few hours of investigating. This is the gear you need, this is what you need. And I was like, okay, so I need an ear's. I need like a pack, I need my interface and my laptop and should be relatively good to go. A few mm-hmm. extra drags.
0: Like that's kinda of the basic setup, right?
1: That was that was my basic setup, mm. yeah. I mean, it is now, it depends on the situation. But um mm. yeah, and then I also learned like you need stems. Stems are very helpful mm-hmm. when there's multiple members in the band. And so it was literally just Like, yeah, do you have stems? They're like, oh, we can get some. So they got all their stems, sent them to me, and I just started to, like, load them in. And I I would, like, at the start, I would, like, listen to every... If I got stems, I'd listen to every stem individually just so I know, like, what is coming out at what time. Mm -hmm. Just for myself, because I felt like that's what I needed to know. So we started to, like... I think our first gig back, they had called me and they were like, oh, we want to, like, it was just going to be me and John Malarkey was the guitar player. So it was just going to be me, John, and her. And I was like, oh, but your music has drums in it. So they sent me all the stems, got the stuff ready. And I just, like, added a few, like, I thought what I was doing was amazing. But I added, like, a click. (laughs) I added a, I found this, like, cue pack from, like, a worship People dot com, and it was like intro two, three, four, and stuff like that, and then um, I added some like little like symbol transitions just to make it more like realistic mm-hmm. live, and like some risers and downers, and some other little like synth stuff, just like because I had already like messed around with garage band a bit and. Yeah, relatively leveled. Uh, to be fair, the leveling was horrible <laughs> because every time those symbol, that symbol thing played, it, it like <laughs> annoyed me in my ears, took like, ears off. yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it really like that stuff. Like as time went on, I started to get a bit more organized. Started to like get a bit more like yeah. And then she got managers or something or whatever. They got involved and. We were doing a good few gigs together and, like, whenever we would get a gig, it's like, yeah, send the sound engineer to me and, like, I would be emailing sound engineers and, like... With, like,
0: all the setups and, like, like, because isn't just involved like, arrangement of songs. It's, like, you know, stage plans and...
1: So, like, we would do rehearsals and we'd come to rehearsal, play a song. I remember, like, I think the reason... I started to, one of the reasons I started to MD was that first thing in Pirate with F.A. and it was like, we were all just random musicians in the room and like, playing her songs that we listened to and then playing them and then like, that's all cool and all but like, there was no, eventually people just started looking to me like, should we do it like this? Should we like, and like, I guess I became like the leader in the room. The the person saying like, yeah, that's okay or no, that's not okay or let's do it like that Mm -hmm. and then, I look like someone had mentioned it after, like, "Oh, you're basically emptying the room or whatever," and I was like, "Oh, cool." I kind of like that. Yeah, by so default. Like, yeah, yeah. So we'd walk up to the to the new rehearsals, and it's like we're playing these songs, the tracks, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I want this played a certain way. I want to if I'm in the crowd.
0: This I is what hear, I would like to hear. This is
1: what I would like to hear. So I'm like, John would have ideas, and like we'd add them in. And like, I'm not a crazy idea, man, because I'm not like a super amazing musician. I'm just, I'm just here in it. (laughs) And like, we would add them in. And if they didn't work, they didn't work. Or if they worked, they would work. Or like, if I had to add like extra choruses or add extra anything to like an outro or something, I would add that on the track. So that when we get to the venue, everything is planned. Like, I know everything that's going on. So we'd get to the venue, see the sound engineer, like, yo, what's up? This is how we're going to be on the stage. This is where we're going to be. We're going to be using in-ears. I have tracks coming to your stereo and a click coming to your mono. Don't send the click to the house, but sometimes they did anyway, (laughs) because you know sound engineers. (laughs) And yeah, then I'll be like, yeah, lights guy, this is what I want for lights. Like, I'm not like I'll be telling them every beat. Like I'll just be like primary color red secondary color yeah orange and i
0: kind of let them do their thing yeah. From there, yeah maybe like
1: go crazy for the outro or something mm-hmm. you know pretty easy but it adds so much like when i was doing gigs without telling the lights person what to do it would be fine or whatever but when i did it's like even me feeling the difference on stage mm-hmm. like feeling the lights around me it's like this red feels so much more powerful with this like deep slow song than like a, a white or like a blue, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. So it it had gone from like just playing my bass to like looking after the whole show. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. So Myris I've worked with and I'm like, you literally have to tell him like, yo, like project your, vo- project your voice out because the sound engineer is not going to keep boosting your vocal. He's just going to let it drown in the mix. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? So if you want to be heard, like... Try and be hurt, you get yeah. me? That, type of, that stuff I'm worrying about rather than just, like, what root notes am I playing, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, so...
0: And did that feel supernatural then when it was... when you kind of realised, oh, well, this has kind of fallen to me now and, like, did it, it Did it feel comfortable?
1: It felt comfortable. Also because I didn't trust anyone else to do it. <laughs> but Not like, that they're bad musicians, just... No, 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 I, I, yeah. un-
0: I understand... But it's also, like, the, it's great kind of being brought in and it's a great feeling to be asked to do stuff like that because mm. that's, like, an artist and their and band, really. Mm. Um, I know that, like, maybe sometimes you might put together a band for, mm. for an artist if you're brought in as an MD, kind of, in the first instance. I know that that's, like, a thing that um, MDs can do. Yeah. I don't know if you do that. I will get to that in a minute. Mm. But more so that they have that trust in your taste and your, yeah, you know... Ability to be able to say, not really sure, or you know, that's the way, or like maybe let's try this, and like you know, or let's simplify the setup a little bit. And you know, Mm. because everything that's in place right now just feels a bit too clunky, or you know, stuff like that. But did it like was that a feeling that you got then? You know, the feeling of, yeah, all this feels like it definitely started as a
1: feeling, it started as a feeling rather than. I'm going to be the MD. It's course, definitely yeah. more like a, I feel like I should tell them there's a better way than than whatever's happening. Mm. Not like, oh, I'm telling you what to do, or more like I'm just suggesting, and like yeah. I'll feel better feel better going home that, saying that, like, oh, at least I told them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, people disagree, like guitar players might disagree with me about something, and, like, they're the guitar player. I'm not going to...
0: I might, I might, like a, yeah
1: i might say i might say like yeah definitely don't play something but then like we might just have a di- difference in opinion mm. and in the end like nothing doesn't matter but your way is okay do you get me and yeah. so i'll just concede and be like yeah that's fine or with an artist they might want something that doesn't actually make sense but you just have to they're the artist and it's their thing Like Mm. when I, when I MD, I'm not like, oh, I want this to be some type of way in my head. I'm like, I want your, your like personality and vision and creativity as an artist to shine through as like professionally and impactfully as possible on stage so that you can like, so that your shit can get bigger and we can do bigger gigs. Yeah, but
0: it's like, that's the essence, right? Like that's the essence yeah. of what we do as an as MDs. I say we. I don't. Again, no, it was kind of like I, by def- it was by default. I kind of ended up doing it, but like yeah. I, I, you know, I did enjoy it, and I have done it before. But like it's what MDs do. Like that's the mm. that's the essence is to create the show around the artist. Yeah. You're like, produ- it's like a, being a producer for a live show.
1: Pretty much, yeah. You
0: know what I mean? It's yeah. like what I do in the studio with someone's song to get it to where it needs to be on the record. Mm. You do that on the stage.
1: Yeah.
0: I think is probably what you could boil it down to. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so I can only apologise when I sent you songs in minor when you'd learned, <laughs> yeah, the major scale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you've worked with, you, you and I have both worked with Chiff. Yeah. Um. I, wor- I worked with her kind of on some of her early stuff and then, she moved abroad and was doing her own kind of thing. I did some mixes and then, you know, she, she came back and we were doing a couple of bits then after and it's kind of like been a, in like yeah. a, in and out of each other's musical lives, I think, for the yeah, last I while. Yeah,
1: I didn't even know until a few months ago. I think you just reposted some of her stuff and I was like, oh, you guys are connected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, It's a small yeah. world. Being, a small world. With, being with Shiv has been like great, great. Shiv is like, she She's definitely my favourite artist to MD for mm. right now. Um, I feel like we, we trust each other and I I know... I'm not going to say I know what she wants, but...
0: You feel like you can step into the mind. Yeah, set. I feel like
1: I can step, step into her mind sometimes. And like, she trusts me to make shit look good and sound good. So yeah, it's really good. We just did three arena, like I wanna get into that.
0: Was it your first time playing in the Three Arena? It was. Yeah. Yeah. And do you did you md that show?
1: I did. So yeah. how
0: like what was the obviously like Shiv kind of has been no stranger to the kind of medium sized venue that we, we've had like <laughs> mm. I like, I. she's had loads of setups over time like I DJ'd for her at one point you know <laughs> what I mean so like it yeah. was um, it's think, nice to see her with the live band because it makes so much sense to me mm-hmm. but like even the like Shan Shanika thing that w- was done I know Adam Garrett played with you that night as well um, close collaborator of mine
1: yeah he was that was my first time meeting him and he's yeah. like he's so cool yeah sweet guy he's really great player yeah yeah Really I, love great his, I like his feel we did like a, a jam beforehand and mm. it was like I feel like when you jam with musicians you get to know them more personally than having like small talk
0: oh 100 percent yeah so. yeah being in like a room just playing music with somebody is like yeah it it can be like a therapy session or it can be like oh, a yeah. you know a four hour long conversation that la- like that just last three minutes and not yeah. even a word spoken you know yeah, um, but yeah no take me into like the transition between like those kind of smaller setups to a larger scale setup and yeah. how you scaled that up or was there anything you did differently or
1: um, I kind of took the same approach I take when when I MD for her for all the like every gig I MD for her I always like look at the venue look at the setup and look at what's possible Um i started MDing for her last year Mm -hmm. like i was stepping on some festival runs and then she just brought me on and was like oh do you want to play bass for me i was like yeah sure and then like it was that type of thing what like i was saying me just wanting to suggest things like Mm. me suggesting like oh like did you tell the lights person to do the lights this way or like um i don't even know i just Yeah, she just said she liked my attention to detail and stuff like that. And I was like, thanks. Um, So she asked me to start MDing and then I did. And then we did a few gigs. And then they asked me to tour manage as well. Okay, interesting. So I tour manage now. We'll don't, get into that. Don't ask me. Don't, we're not getting into that because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, nah, I do I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. But, but again, it's like,
0: it, that's it essentially in a nutshell, isn't it? It's attention to detail, right? It's like, yeah. it, it, it's, um, you know, the finer things, the, you know, logistical stuff in terms yeah, of travel. Yeah, You know, making sure that kind of everyone is... Happy. Happy, kitted out, and like has everything they need and all of that good stuff.
1: So for 3 Arena, it was like... She got the call the morning beforehand, uh, lovely. Yeah. And I woke up at noon, and there was like... My phone was like blown up with texts and missed (laughs) calls, and I was like, 3 Arena tomorrow, are you available? I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Yeah. And then... It was like who's available in the in the band? Um Neve, Casey. Drummer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Great drummer. Yeah. So she said she's good to go. And then our keyboard player, Katie O'Donnell. O'Connell. I may have butchered her last name. I mm-hmm. don't know. But she recently moved to London. Okay. So she's been like going back and forth from London to like Kerry to Dublin for like different gigs and stuff. Sure. Um she caught a flight black back black nice that evening the thursday evening Mm -hmm. and then lewis was not available because he was doing he was
0: gigging with brick nasty right
1: yeah yeah lewis gigs with everyone
0: man that guy is yeah omnipresent he is
1: i've posted him on my story and like one of my friends from Minutes was like i know that guy from primary school and i was (laughs) like I was like, what? <laughs> I feel like everyone just knows him. Or if you don't know him, you've felt his playing somehow. Oh my God.
0: So, yeah, yeah, in some way, shape or form. I think like I saw him at every festival that I was at last year and I did seven.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there was certain ones that he was like, yeah, we have to like leave like right now because yeah, we're he doing another that. festival like on the other side of the country, like tonight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know. That was, we were like trying to work it out logistically. Like if I play... Tree Arena at half seven, finish at eight. Can I get to all together now? Or other side festival at <laughs> half eight? Be on stage, good to go according Yeah, we we're just like no. Soccer Man, work.
0: yeah, like, let's not overcomplicate it. Yeah. But is
1: I love how he he in his mind he's like he's willing to try and fit everything in.
0: Yeah, but that's like the sign of you know a great band. Yeah, if if there's like. I know obviously it's like with session musicians, it's kind of tough to kind of keep everyone on the yeah. same schedule, and like there are people who are missing for certain things, yeah. but at the same time it's like if you have people like that who are kind of saying, "Okay, I'm not around, but is there a possibility that I can be, yeah. or you know what the, what's the story here so that's like great as an m d who is trying to put the band well, together, yeah, to this band
1: w- this band like they're all older than me and better than me, and, like, been in the industry l- longer than me. But, like, they trust me to, like, take care of things and to look after them, and they look after me. And mm. it's, like, it's very wholesome. And That's what it's all
0: about, though, isn't
1: it? Yeah. So from an MD standpoint, for this gig, it was, like, two out of three are available. But this is, like, 3 Arena, big stage. I know, I know, like, if an artist is coming to 3 Arena, they're going to have a big production set up sure. on stage so we're gonna have to set up in front of them so i didn't want to have a, like a 10 piece band anyway mm. but i still wanted to fill the stage a bit so yeah, yeah i got you i was like um steven the other guy from newbury mm. our keyboard player um he's played with shiv before with us i've had him dipping and he knows the song so i called him and he said yeah i can do it so i got him to play like ox keys and Katie was doing main main keys, which is the first time we've done that. Uh, and how, how was it? Sick. Yeah? Yeah. Felt good? Very good. We had other options of like calling different people who might have played with her before, but only a few songs or like people who are great musicians and probably couldn't learn the set in a day. But still, but like having like all the people on stage and Shiv who've all played with each other, and, like, know the songs pretty much inside out. And, like, yeah, it was just, like, a great feeling. Makes more
0: sense, yeah. Yeah,
1: great feeling. Better, better fluidity and shit like that. So that was the music side kind of taken care of. Like, I didn't really have to add stuff back in, like, tracks-wise or mm. music-wise. So the only thing after that was the logistics and, like, sorting everybody out. So I started emailing them the day before that Thursday and they were like looking for like a text spec. So I had to make a I didn't I just like edited the text back we had before but we are just waiting for people to confirm flights back into the country to play yeah. and stuff. So yeah emailed them back like that night. They were pissed off it was so late but it is what it is. Mm. Um and then I also emailed them like I emailed them text back, like a front of house cheat sheet a monitors cheat sheet and like a lights list thing cute. for like whoever's yeah, lights. In. So basically, this is like for all these support personnel that are going to be working with us. They can read over that the night before, or on the day, or even while we're setting up or doing our thing, and like rather than trying to like trying to just guess, mm-hmm. they can like have a starting point. And make, it makes their job easier it makes our job easier and like we've already started communicating like I've sent them the text spec with like the stage positions and everyone's name and everything and like they already know like oh Katie's gonna be on the left so when they're talking through the the monitors it's like oh Katie um, just waiting for your, your double your stereo line through the monitor mm-hmm. or whatever like through the DI and it's like it just makes things quicker and it's like instead of like them talking like oh bass player uh hi what's your name how are you i need this from you did it like they already know we already know and we're like good to go and it was like we got i thought we got to sound check a bit late like 20 minutes late but like lana was still doing her sound check so like that gave us even less time to sound check so if i didn't send those stuff beforehand like as the md or tm then like what could have happened, it's, yeah. What could have happened? Like, maybe Shiv's, like, mixed front of house wouldn't have been as good or, mm. like, you know, our, our performance might have been not as good as it could have been. And then Shiv could have lost, like, potential supporters she could, you know, get from that mm. get from that performance. So it's Even like, just
0: the confidence. Yeah. As a, you know, as a performer, it, it, it can... Like, we've all been in cases where there's been, like, shit monitor mixes or, like, the sound's really bad on stage or the sound's Mm. really bad out front. Yeah. And, like, generally it's down to time, you know what I mean? And, like, maybe lack of attention from either the musicians or the
1: sound engineer
0: engineer side or it's, like, quick changeovers, like, a festival scenario, like, sound can be kind of the last thing on anyone's mind, you know what I mean? It's like get the fucking just on get on stage. And get like, started, yeah. yeah. Um so like look, I appreciate that. I don't like it's just it's just the way it is. Like it's yeah. not
1: Sometimes there's nothing you can do nothing you can you do. You can about do about all it. the like, preparation in the world and you might get there and the sound engineers might be having a bad day. And like people like I hear people saying like, oh that sound engineer in that place is is, like, a bad guy or, like, a dick sometimes or whatever. But then it's, like, I know sometimes I can be a dick. Do you get me? And it's, mm. like, what if I'm just having a bad day?
0: Man, like, I just you think, know? as well, one thing, if I've learned anything over the years, it's just, like, be fucking nice to the sound engineer. Because Bro, that's, like, like,
1: the number number two rule of MDing. Like, number one, the artist is always right. Number two, be nice to your sound engineer. Like the sound
0: engineer. Like, the sound yeah. engineers are, like, if they... If they're like uh, you, you said it yourself almost, if they like if their life is easier, yeah, it's going to be so much better for you. But also, like, they're doing a job too, like, they're like they're equally as important as you being on the stage, yeah. And I think sometimes we think, like, our people, like, artists who might not be more exposed to live scenarios or just starting out gigging and stuff like that,
1: yeah,
0: might not understand that the sound engineer is so crucial you know what crucial, I mean and it's like yeah. an integral part of your day and your performance Yeah, and like it's just like any human interaction if you're not going to be nice to me I'm not going to be nice to you like
1: yeah those well, guys were they were pretty nice to be fair yeah
0: um, was it and was it house engineers for the tree arena or was it Lana's engineers that were doing it for you
1: house engineers yeah
0: because bear in mind sorry for anyone who's listening and doesn't know it was in support of Lana Del Rey yeah. in the
1: tree arena yeah, yeah. what a night yeah oh. Good times. Yeah, you looked um, uh,
0: you looked very very happy in the in the, in the photos afterwards. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it was, actually, it, it was
0: really nice. Like it was just like I fucking love to see it because it's like good people on stage, good people who get the you know they're getting the gig. Yeah. And like I saw videos like you guys fucking smashed it. Thank you. Talking to Shiv afterwards, she said she was really happy with the performance. Yeah, uh, you know, you're saying you thought it was a great night. So I assume was, the performance being a key part of that, you know? Yeah,
1: no, the performance was great. And it was like, everyone was excited. Some were nervous. I was, I, I actually didn't, I felt more nervous for like Trinity Ball or like other fest. I, I felt nervous for all our other gigs, but for this one, being our biggest gig, like me and chill were just like, we feel confident, we feel good, like no nerves, which is like a first for us. So it was like crazy to just go up and like things went smooth, like Mm. things didn't really go wrong, you know, Um, especially how last minute the gig was like, a gig that size and you're finding out the day before and like people are flying in and you're doing a rehearsal beforehand and it's like, it's like, wow, like this could have gone so wrong, but it went (laughs) so right. Do Do
0: you chalk that down to your preparation as MD?
1: uh definitely some of it i chalk it down to having musicians that have played with her before who are just great musicians and like all of us all of us having played together before like doing i feel like doing bad gigs together brings you closer
0: oh yeah um, there's a bond that cannot be broken yeah. <laughs> so
1: i feel like we haven't had we haven't had too many bad gigs together so i feel like I feel like it was pretty good, to be fair. Yeah. Um, she was just really easy to work with sometimes. Yeah, I
0: can attest to that.
1: Yeah, she's just cool in it. Yeah.
0: Just, like, not, like, knows her stuff, is confident in her abilities. Yeah. You know, not taken away from, obviously, any deuter acts that, like, I work with or you work with. It's just, like, this is a yeah. particular common ground. Oh, no, I think, I know, I think have, it's just because
1: you know, we... I, I work with her the most in terms of MD. and so Okay, okay. That's why I have so many things to say about her.
0: When, um you mentioned yeah. about your attention to detail
1: yeah.
0: with your MDing and your tour managing and stuff. Uh, do you think that you got that from your bass playing or do you think it was the opposite? Like, do you think that, you know, everything felt, like it's all feel with the bass, so you like it's not necessarily so detail focused or are you kind of like, well, if this note is here and then, you know, are you really picking through your parts? Are you really uh-huh. picking through what you're playing or is it like I, the two sides of the mind?
1: Yeah, no. I don't think I don't think they were related, but I do sometimes have the same approach. Like I definitely do pick apart parts um when I can. Obviously I'm I'm not the best place bass player in the world, but I'm still learning and I do feel like, like playing parts and like playing exactly like knowing like ninety, ninety five percent of what you're gonna play before you play it is like I feel like it adds to a show rather than takes away from it. Some people prefer, like, oh, just, like, get up and give it your heart and play how you feel, but, like, I feel like I much more enjoy a show that's, like, sharp and, like, Prepared. prepared and everyone playing what they're playing like, they could play it over and over again, and it'll be marginally the same. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? That's I I feel like that appeals to me more as a bass player. Mm. And then as an MD, I find, like... I feel like there's two sides. There's three sides to it. The musical side, the managing people side, and then, like, the administrative side. Mm. So the musical side, that's the attention to detail anyway. Cool. And then the managing people side is, like... Um, I think that just came from, like, my general personality, and, like, I do, I do nursing as well, Okay. aside from this, so I guess that kind of contributed a bit.
0: Being a people person.
1: Being able to, like, talk to people and, like, pay attention to people and their mannerisms and, like, you know, what someone might need, that just being on your mind in general.
0: Yeah, and also, like... What makes you tick as well i think is important to know yeah, like, like what not to do can be as big yeah. as what to do you know
1: uh, even like in our bad newbie like i know i feel like i know what things could get under each of our skins mm. and i know what things could like motivate us as well um so like that's not that's not something like that has to be something you actively notice or actively listen for or look for or like something you you like i would notice and i'd be like oh this has pissed this guy off or like this has like motivated this guy to get me that type Mm -hmm. of thing and i feel like sorry i feel like that definitely plays a factor and it plays a role in the administrative in the administrative side Mm. that's like i used to be like into like business and accounting Mm -hmm. i wanted to be an accountant and i guess that like Wanted to work a desk job, and that sounds so weird. But I did.
0: No, not at all. Like, cause I I worked in a bank for nine years. Really? Yeah, I did. Why are you? I'm thirty.
1: For real? Yeah. You look twenty three.
0: <laughs> That's the skincare routine. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I like. Yeah, I worked in a bank for nine years since I was nineteen wow. till I was twenty eight. Yeah.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I like I would have been exposed a lot to that, and I was I was good at my job.
1: Do you, do you like you you like like i don't know how to describe it it's like you like like files and
0: organization, organization and, like, yeah. and like structure is really important to me it's like from my business like as in managing my work as my business Do you yeah. know what i mean so like i'll keep i've like good filing systems i like to keep stuff in like particular um in particular places like yeah. i I'd like I fucking love spreadsheets. Like I'm, I'm a freak. Like I love Excel (laughs) so much, and even like when it comes to, um, like email etiquette and stuff like that. Like Mm. I I feel like I've kind of got years of experience. Emails are nice. Do you know what I mean? Like getting like all of that. Like even just like a nice little signature at the bottom. Like that makes so much of a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I just like. I saw stuff in my job that like I knew I liked, and I, you know, I wanted. I was kind of saying, "Oh, maybe I could like bring that."
1: I feel like you do bring my it world. over, like even like I, I'm not into producing at all. But I feel like for you as a producer, there's it's a largely a creative aspect. But like while you're going along, like naming your track, your stems, or yeah. naming your yeah, and like having your song laid out like intro, pre-chorus. like in your mind like that's the type i know some people when they're like using logic or using and they just like slap shit on and whatever and then like i might get stuff after and it's like song name one two three four five six seven thirty on stems and i'm like no i'm like where is the bass coming from or where is the like that type of stuff like
0: i get that so i get that for mixes and i like i would offer i would Send as well because, yeah. you know, there's productions that I do that I don't mix and then there's, like, productions that I take from other people that I mix. Like, there's a couple uh-huh. of producers who, like, would send me things. Um And, like, the key thing for me is, like, if you do not, like, if you don't label your stems, and this has not happened to uh-huh. me, thankfully. I haven't got a mess of stuff. Okay. But, like, if you don't label them, I will send them back yeah. and be like, fix them and then I'll do it. Yeah. Because, like... I have to then go through what could be a hundred stems. Yeah. Stems as well, by the way, sorry for anyone who doesn't know oh, what yeah. stems are. Stems are the individual audio files of each part in, e- yeah. in each song so like you'll have a stem for your kick drum you'll have a, stair, a, a stem for your snare bass like multiple for bass depending on what the parts are yeah. um, all the harmonic information keys, synths guitars
1: lead vocal lead vocal lead vocal 2 double
0: vocals lead vocal 3 like any stereos harmonies yeah. all of that stuff All of those things come in what is called a stem and it's just like one little audio one little audio
1: file.
0: But there could be a hundred in a track this is the thing and there could be like you know 15, 20 uh, because you might have like what you do in MDing you can kind of bust stuff off and by that I mean, grouping things together and you can like kind of get away with that because that's stuff that you're going to need for like live performance and things like that. So you're working with less maybe in certain scenarios. But when, but in order for you to make that, you need to get the individuals. So like, it makes yeah. our lives a lot easier as mixers, as MDs, as people who are arranging things even as well yeah. to like just have stuff in order. Like even with me, I like all my mix sessions, all my production sessions, colour coded, have oh, to be colour coded. I would
1: love to just look at your shit just, like, <laughs> it'd just be so satisfying. We can,
0: sp- we can spend a little, we can spend about 15 minutes afterwards. but um, there... Yeah, it's like, that to me is like, I feel like I brought that from the other world. Yeah. So I don't think that it's like, I don't think it, it it's ever going to be a disadvantage to take things like that yeah. into a creative space yeah. because like if these are things that like will help you with like structuring your day, structuring your sessions, like making like keyboard shortcuts even, making things really really easy, like mapping out stuff, mm. mapping out key uh keystrokes and things like that in order yeah. to you know be able to do things quickly, quickly. is going to help you create better. I think from my perspective as a producer is going to help you create better is going to help you create quicker and like mm. get ideas down faster and that's what can be the difference between like finishing a song in a day or leaving the studio kind of annoyed and
1: yeah
0: frust- Well, not annoyed but more frustrated that like you know you didn't You didn't feel like you got the most out of it, or whatever. And like, for me, I'm like, yeah. Well, if you're coming in here to work with me, the book stops with me. So I assume that's probably where you're coming from as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you can get stuff, and it's just like not organized at all. Or like, the I think the the thing that would piss that pisses me off the most is like, we'll have a song, and I'll get the MP3, the song that's on Spotify or whatever, and then I'll get the stems. And it's not the same song. And I'm like <laughs> I either have to recreate stems or I have to like just get the band to play as much as they can to mm. make it sound like the record. Like it sounds like the record. And it probably is an early version of it. But like it's not what it's not what's mixed and mastered on to mm. get me. And I'm basically what's gonna be behind us, the band, is just gonna be some unmixed drums or unmixed like whatever and i have i might have to like mute it at certain parts where it's actually muted on track or Mm. but i would have to do that anyway depending on like what i want to come out at what time yeah but still it's like this is your song you know
0: like one of the like fun parts of what you do like trying to recreate the record as close as you can no or do you or do you actively steer away from that
1: I I just feel like it's something you might have to do and I don't even do it all the time like I'm not a great programmer I don't play keys or anything like Stephen does a lot of the programming in and arranging in Newbury I'm more like how things translate live and then like the managing people side and the administrative side like i'm not like a mad creator i'm more of like a sharpener if Mm, that makes sense i like that yeah so like we could get we could get like for Newbury, we'd get an arrangement stephen might do an amazing arrangement and put hours in and like i really appreciate him doing all that and we'd come to rehearsal and we've all listened to it, or maybe we haven't for one reason or the other, but that's a different conversation. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a scenario that's definitely happened before. Uh, Anyway. And then like, um, we'll get in and start playing and like, we're just playing it and it's like, yeah, we're hitting the arrangements and all, but it doesn't sound like dynamic or it doesn't, maybe the sounds we're using are not like, they might be right, but they might not pack a punch that Mm. we want to, that we want to pack do you get me so like sometimes like i'm not saying that i'm the be all and end all like sometimes michael might be like oh osazi like play something different or play something matching this groove or don't play mm. like and i will listen and like yeah that makes sense to get me type thing mm. but it's more like making sure that we'll, what we're doing we're on the same page and that like it sounds sharp it sounds dynamic and it sounds like like we're hitting do you get me Mm -hmm. and that might even be like steven is an arrangement we might have to like take it out or like change the sound or you know different things um or i've done arrangements and we've come into rehearsal and it's like it just doesn't go like it doesn't run it might run like on the track but like when you play it live it just doesn't it doesn't hit not hitting yeah take it out or change it or someone has come and I've like done a whole arrangement and it, I feel like the first time I did an arrangement and brought it to rehearsal and someone said let's add something to it I don't know why but in my heart it was just like so I'm not good enough <laughs> 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 you me, but yeah but
0: well, like I mean we are, like as creative people you know we are putting ourselves out there in a way that yeah, you know people who are in other industries of work are like it's it's a it's a lot less personal investment in yeah. the in the like in an emotional
1: uh-huh.
0: aspect. I'm not belittling anyone who works in anything other than like creative by any means. I know that like it can be soul destroying when yeah. you have an idea in any way, shape, or form, yeah. even if it's in an office and it's just immediately shot down without anything and it's or like it's been like uh, that's good, moving on and Leo you know, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> and I'm like, I spent two hours on this yeah. why are you not screaming right now yeah. <laughs> me? but I think it's just a part of the first time it happened I felt the emotions and I was like yeah this is going to happen a lot more and you just have to like make it a skill set of like accepting how people are going to react
0: yeah and it's like it, it does take time Um, in production world as well it's the same thing because what you're doing is trying to help someone
1: build a song I feel like it, it would be a lot worse for you
0: It. I mean look I don't the whole thing is it's like you said it yourself. Is like art is is priority number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can make suggestions and I can like use my my taste and my skill set to try and help you know create what you're trying to create here. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you don't like what I'm doing, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna try and it's not my song. I'm not coming in to like stamp all over yeah. what is already there as a ba- on a base level, or I'm not trying to like. Come in and be like, we need to put like a ripping synth solo in here when like it, the song clearly doesn't, need, doesn't does need, does it. need it. But like, it's again, it's like exposure therapy almost because it's you know, the more it, it, the, I feel like the more someone's like, oh, I don't know if I'm really into that, they like less personal. I take it. And I'm at a point now, like, I've been doing, I've been you know, doing production for a long time, I've been doing it for. Mm. six years odd now and like that's like that's not a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things I guess it is but like no, it's a long time. you know like you learn to like an artist is bringing you in because they want you in the room and you can offer as much advice as you want but at the end of the day it's like it's totally up to them as yeah. to whether they take it or not and you need to understand that as a producer if yeah. you don't if you don't understand that like you need to kind of maybe check yourself a little bit because,
1: yeah, like, I've,
0: it's just not maybe it's not the right thing for you to be doing. Do you want to be an artist? Is that what you want yeah, to do? I've, you know,
1: I've worked with people, and like, they're the way they share their opinion or the way they have their opinion on someone, on like an art that you're not the artist or you might not even be playing, mm. but the way you're talking is like number one, you. You, you in your head you think you know what you're talking about but no offence you kind of don't like it could be a valid point but number one you're probably not communicating it right
0: see th- that's like communication is everything in what, yeah. we, in what we do as people who are serving mm. artists in order to like create something yeah. whether that be on the stage or whether that be on the record it's like we yeah. are in service to the artist at all times mm. and like I've made my peace with the fact that like I tried the whole being in a band I don't want to do that yeah. you know and I know that I, I'm i better like I'm I not saying I was bad in the band I was good in the band at working with the people mm-hmm. and I can translate that into studio and I was good in my you know former job where I was working in finance and I was working there for whatever with people I was really good with people mm-hmm. and I can take those things and like those assets that I feel like I have and use them for good but it's like, again, there are things, there are nuances so you need to kind of
1: yeah.
0: walk around. Like, he's, like, I'm not saying, when I spoke about, you know, saying about, you know, whoever, get, like, I don't think, I haven't experienced anyone doing that, or I haven't experienced any producers that I know getting kind of uppity about someone saying, oh, I don't like this, or I don't like that. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're professionals, You can't. it's like a it it's it's a you yeah, know you a known fact that you can't do that yeah, like you, you can't just can't, it's just like uh it's a complete faux pas yeah. so like it, you know i'm more than happy to take criticism because i'm giving it out yeah do you know what i mean like I, I, it, it would be incredibly hypocritical of me if i wasn't able to take something that someone didn't if someone's like i don't know if i really like yeah. that i'd be like yeah grand let's try something new mhm it's that easy it's that easy, you know, Mm. and I'm sure it's the same with you on the stage where, you know, if someone's like, I'm not sure about that bass part, you look cool, I'll try something new. Any suggestions, you know?
1: I, like, I could be the MD in the room and someone who doesn't play instruments could say something about my bass part and like, like, maybe a few years ago I would have reacted like, what is this guy talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But, But now it's like, you have a, you have a genuine opinion and your opinion is valid and I will take it on board and if it makes sense it makes sense if it doesn't then it doesn't no hard feelings and yeah. like I'm not going to be some type of way after either like oh I can't believe that person said something or I can't no. believe like they can say what they want it's like you, it's literally like you can say what you want and it is what it is like yeah. it's not going to it shouldn't change my mood or it shouldn't like change how I view them as a person because mm. I've been in a situation where I've had an opinion on something and it's not my area of expertise and it's a valid... I know my opinion is valid, so, like, why can't... Why would I say someone else's... Yeah, why would you, yeah, hold it against someone but else for voice I was going to you know? ask you, have you been in a position where, like, you've spent hours on a song and, like, you might have done a few different versions of, like, produ- after, like, production criticisms, like, after each listen by the artist, and then, like, in the end, the artist might be like, great, thanks, like, their gratitude or whatever might not have been like oh I love this song thank you so much for bringing it to life or whatever but then like you might see them on socials after or like in an interview after like yeah it's one of my favourite songs and like I just love the production like they're giving it its flowers mm. way maybe way well, after like not me directly yeah
0: Um, I don't think I've been in a situation that specific mm. Um, I feel like once the artist is happy like that's enough for you for me and like i it doesn't really matter to me if someone is like raving about it afterwards or mm. it's like never released mm. it, it really doesn't matter to me because like you know i've done i've done my thing and i know that like they're happy with the work that i've put in mm. even if it's something that gets completely shelved like nothing is wasted in that regard for me but um in terms of sp- specifics i have i haven't um I haven't kind of received that because like you are like we're you were emotional people, you know, as like people Mm -hmm. who work in creativity and like, it's, it's a, it's a world of heightened emotions. And like, we're trying to make that really clear in what we create, particularly in a studio setting and a writing session or, Mm -hmm. you know, a production session. So generally it's a pretty strong (laughs) reaction one way or the other, you know what I mean? Um, And you can, yeah, you get to know, like I get to know the people that I work with and I understand what their mannerisms are. Like you, you know, with people on stage, I get to understand
1: Mm.
0: how I know if they're into it and how I know if they're not into it. So I can make, I I can avoid situations where it's like someone leaving the room dissatisfied and like unhappy or frustrated or whatever. And like... I find it's more off like if that was the case, it's probably more often me that's leaving the room feeling like I've let them down. Mm. But again, that like and I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own arse by any means, but like I don't find that happens a lot. Mm. Um I, I, <laughs> But I think it's <laughs> I think it's more some stuff that happens maybe like earlier on, you know what I mean? Like early in when you're kind of a little bit unsure of yourself as well. Yeah. And you're still trying to like figure out what Way to move and yeah. what things to say, and like certain, like the language to use, and mm. you know, um, where like you might feel a bit more unsure about providing constructive criticism or your opinion or yeah. whatever. Um, has yeah. anything like that kind of happened <laughs> it, to, to you where it was like, oh, you mm. know, the, uh, like what in terms of like a live show or even like yeah. arrangement, anything like that, or without de- going into specifics, obviously, of course, yeah. yeah.
1: I've definitely worked with an artist and, like, we had a rehearsal and then nothing was said. Like, I was like, oh, good job, everybody. See you later, next one or whatever, or mm-hmm. see you at the show. And then, like, I'll maybe talk to another band member or someone, someone who's close to the artist. And then they'll call me back, like, oh, yeah, they said you were, like, so good and da 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 da. And, like, they're happy to work with you and, like, like, bears, like, really singing my praises and stuff. And I'm like, that's nice and all, but, like, it would have felt better if you said it to me. me." Or, like, (laughs) not that I want them to blow my head up, but, like, I want, like, I want to be able to talk to someone face-to-face. Like, I don't like going home and having to have the car Even, like, when I do MD and it's, like, having to have that reflective call after, Mm. like... I I would prefer that to be in person than rather like over the the phone or rather than hearing it from someone else. I don't know. I feel like it's just my personality type.
0: Yeah, we all have ways of like, we all have ways of working, you know. It's not like a, nothing's like written in in stone in the world that we're in, you know. It's like nothing, it's like so unique in that regard in the sense of like there's no real rules. So yeah. It's like all what's kind of like socially acceptable almost as opposed to like yeah. any kind of rules or regulations or this, that or the other. Yeah. Um, I want to ask before we finish up, like what, what is the, what is the goal? Like, is there anything you have in mind that is like, yeah. I want, like, this is what I want or is it a case of, you know, I'm going to. I'm gonna just like do this thing that I really like and I'm gonna MD and I'm gonna play live and I'm gonna, you know, do like be in Newbury and like mm. do do those shows and like just have fun with that and or or is there like a thing where it's like I'm working towards this and that is what I want, you know?
1: Yeah. Um definitely I definitely do feel like I'm being not necessarily pulled because it's not I feel like it could get a lot busier and a lot more. I, I can actually feel a pull there, but mm. I feel like there's two sides, like the MDing and sessioning side, like on my own. Um, the goal would be to like do bigger shows, do like, like that tree a show, like from the, just having different people to contact, like the MCD rep or the, you know, the sound engineer or sure, like, yeah getting there and like there's different people to talk to there's like the texts and like actually having texts that are actually carrying your shit (laughs) which was amazing even if it was like (laughs) 10 feet yeah it was just for one show
0: or whatever yeah yeah, just for one
1: show but like having so many people like me being the leader and having so many people to look over be in contact with and know what is going on with everybody and just being like present and there for everybody, like doing that on that type of level on that on that scale. Like I wanna do that so much more. And I feel like that's what I've been that's what I've been building up to. And it was very quick it it was amazing, but it was a very quick experience. And it was like I I I have been feeling like discouraged and like, you know, how, how big can this really get? Um and like I feel like it really came at the perfect time to to re-energize me and revive my, like, drive to, like, to do this shit and do it to, like, a proper level, a professional level, um, which I've been doing it at, but, like, just a bigger, like, bigger production, like, working with a front-of-house engineer and a monitor engineering, having your own one, like, having set musician members that, like, are good, know their shit, everyone knows their parts, and, like, it's not just, like, a we walk into a rehearsal and, you know... Everybody buddy boys and stuff like we're here to work and like yeah the the atmosphere is great and friendly and awesome and awesome but like like this this production is people's jobs do you get me mm. which which it always is but you know not everybody has that mindset or not everybody has that you know that state of mind when they're walking into rehearsals or walking into the show so like definitely doing it to a higher level and like getting more exposure and experience in that maybe even just like as a bass player and not as an MD or like doing more gigs where I'm just MDing and not playing or Mm. being a tour manager and not MDing and not playing and just literally just being there to make sure people are okay and not having any input in music you know that would be sick and I want to experience that I don't know if that's what I want to do yeah We'll definitely get into that a bit more and then on the on the Newbri side like newbury to the world and back man <laughs> we're trying to take it trying to take it global trying to work with big big artists good artists and like every artist we work with is amazing and talented and creative and like we just want to do bigger shows on our own and with them and newbury means like new expression new energy and new experience so we're trying to Express different people's music in a new way you know bring a new energy to it and Mm. do it to a bigger scale a more professional scale and like we love we love being extra on our own shit but (laughs) (laughs) when it's like an artist stuff like we'll only do that to a certain extent of course but we love to like bring that like you know Stephen bringing like two, three, four keyboards to a gig and like playing exact sounds from the record and then also playing like crazy like different sounds that you wouldn't expect and like you know me like as a bass player like a lot of bass players just rock up with a bass and like like I'll, I'll rock up with my synth bass my bass my pedals and like you know obviously I'm still building my my arsenal <laughs> <laughs> but like I want to be able to like walk into a gig and be able to play anything exactly how it sounds on the record or be able to just play any random shit you want me to play mm. or that I want to play you know to make the show better and make it more fun so yeah and like Michael is probably one of the best drummers I've ever seen or played with and yeah like, he's got great chops man. he's so he's he. I, I always tell like everyone he's the best musician he's the best musician in the band like definitely even if he won't say it or if they won't say it like I, the way he sees music and the way he like he just filters music is like crazy to me on any level like even like the crazy American American musicians or like Jacob Collier and like obviously he's not Jacob Collier like chill but but, like he I feel like he's on that level of like he's just different you know so I I just want to like play with him everywhere like that's my drummer as a bass player bass players and drummers you have your they have you have it's your like a language right no it's like it's past that it's like you have a connection and like we're still we're still building that connection but like when you when you have it on stage and it's like you and your drummer it's like a feeling that's i don't know it's incomparable i guess yeah so, yeah definitely to do bigger and better stuff with near we just did our summer show in the playground mm. which was cool, it was Yeah, Yeah, looked great. Yeah, it felt great to be to be fair. like it was small and intimate but like the production and like all the lights and excuse me being on, like being on a stage that doesn't look like a particular normal stage. Yeah, it's, type it was stage. like the
0: three platforms kind of thing. Yeah, it was very the, interesting setup. I liked Very
1: it. yeah, it was crazy. It was tough but our sound engineer, I mean, like, sound-wise, it's not, it's not a venue. Mm. So, like, our sound engineer really pulled it out of the bag with this one, you know? <laughs> um, Shout-out to him, Sam Ogo. He knows who he is. Um, yeah, it was a great show in in the sense that, like, I've never been to a show like that. So, like, being able to play a show like that and make it a memorable experience was was amazing, so... Trying to do more. I feel like we should do a show like that every year, but no matter how big we get, but that's a different conversation <laughs> to be had later. Um, We have a, we're planning a winter show, hopefully in November, Um, that we will be announcing very soon. Very nice. We're on the cusp. We're doing a <laughs> show in Cork. Um, very good. Cypress Avenue? Yeah. Very good. Great, I think it's the 16th or 18th of August. We're doing it with a side Sessions... Um, this guy, Abdul Saidi from Cork, crazy musician as well. Um, and Diamond, D-Money, she's amazing as well. She's opening, I think. So, yeah, that's going to be, that's our plan for the next while. We Show. We're also doing Fusion Fest. It's like this new festival, um, happening in the button Factory on the 6th of August. Okay. Um, we are the house band very yeah. interesting. Yeah, so we're playing with like four or five different artists, like uh Alicia Ray, Slick Bullet, um Sean X, a few others that I can't remember. Ooh, smiles as well. Um He's he's actually very good. Like live. I think it's his first plan play first time playing with the band. I was as gonna well.
0: say, I'm gonna be interested to see how yeah. that works out.
1: So I feel like that that was something that stood out to me in this whole process of you know working with all of them and being a house band. It's like some of them, this is their first time using a band, sure. so it's like watching them like literally from when we first play the song to when we've rehearsed it a few times. They've like watching their artist journey and that that growth, even in that like one hour period, is so like I feel like it's special to me because like I'm a part of that that journey. That's. You know, their whole music journey, so yeah. That's just something that stood out to me. But yeah, that's where I feel like those are my goals. Just do it bigger and better. Well I
0: I have no doubt that bigger and better things are ahead based on what I've seen, what I've heard, um and just kinda like hearing you speak about your work. It's it's you know, I think you've got you you found what you love and Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's great that you know, you've you've done that for like yourself first and foremost but also for like the you know music community in Ireland because it's it's mm. great to have people like you on side that are you know looking out for the artists and looking out for the live shows and the quality and making sure that that um, that that is maintained and that is upkept and yeah, um, yeah I've no doubt we're going to be seeing plenty more of you so um where yeah. can we find you online
1: you can find my Instagram at osazejbase. Um I don't post a lot but I'm going to be better I promise um, the, the content
0: game is something I'm not into either so it's all yeah, good no. I don't post very much either
1: you post more than me and you don't post yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there you can find Newbury at Newbery official on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and I think Twitter, I'm not sure. And SoundCloud. Um N E U B R I Fada. Love it. Um, bit. yeah. And then just check out all the arts I work with as well. Shiv, Salome, F. A, Plantain Poppy, Alicia Ray, Slick Bullet, Smiles. Um Damn, What you're, else I worked with?
0: You're doing you're doing a lot out here. <laughs> yeah. Doing a lot working with all of the big names, and it's 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 great to see it. But um, yeah, I right. say thanks so much for for coming in, and I will leave links to all of the live shows below. Yes, sir. I'm um, hoping I can get this out before those live shows, because yeah. um, I'm stacking right now for season three. So, yes, yes. um yeah, I will uh, leave links to any of the relative shows that um, are available below. And um, yeah, I say thanks so much for for joining me.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks to Osaze for coming in. I really hope that uh, you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did and you got a little bit out of it. Um, whether you're, you know, a session musician yourself, just a bit of an insight into what it's like for somebody else or if it's maybe something you're considering doing. And um, yeah, is a great guy. Like he said, you can find him on Instagram at osazejbase. You'll find Newbury on YouTube. Search N-E-U-B-R-I Fada. That's Newbury. They're the Afrobeats ensemble I mentioned at the top. And if you're if you're looking to catch Newbury live, you can see them in the Button Factory November twenty first. Um, so yeah, be sure to copy your tickets to that. It's gonna be, it's it's always a great show. You can see from even the social media presence that the guys have, it's it, it seems to be hopping anytime they play, and the crowd are very very into it the whole time. So one not to be missed for sure. And um, but that's it. That's it for this week. Um, as I said at the top, it was nice to kind of step in. Um, it's nice to be stepping in this week in place of the normal show. Um, but these will be back. I haven't ironed out a frequency yet as to what before the encore is going to look like, but, um, I do have episodes there that are ready to go. I have some great guests on this season and I'm really excited for you to hear the conversations that we had. Um, just, uh, bear with me while I, I get those ready for you. So, um, like I said, no encore show proper will be back next Friday as per, once again, please accept our apologies for um, the intermittent technical difficulties, I suppose, uh, uh, that we've been having for the last two weeks. But um, yeah, just really happy to be back um, with Before the Encore personally. And um, yeah, just a shout out to to um, to Osaze again for coming in. Really appreciate him taking the time. And you, the listener, thank you for listening. Um, like I said, um, if you are a new listener to Before the Encore, there's a whole season, a whole first season I talked to a whole plethora of different uh, individuals on before the encore um that work in the music industry lots of lots of different stuff there's managers there's producers mix engineers there's um photographers live photographers like uh, m- you know lots of different things studio managers i've got like there's plenty in there for you to for you to dive into and go back on um and I'd love you to get involved if that's so inclined. If you have any suggestions as to anyone you'd like on the show, please do not hesitate to get in touch. We're at No Encore Show on Instagram. Feel free to drop us a DM. I look after the account. Um, or you can find me at Adam MyFault Music on Instagram. Um, that's me, that's where I spend most of my time. Um, you know, on social media. You won't find me on Twitter, I don't have Twitter anymore. Got rid of that a long time ago. I'm very happy for it. But um, that's neither here nor there. I'll, I'd just love to hear from you. Anyone who uh, wants to get in touch with the show, please feel free. Um, but that's, like I said, that's it. Um, I will be getting the rest of the season two of Before the Encore ready. And you'll hear it in the coming uh, the coming months. Um, the frequency we had was monthly the last couple of times so we'll maybe aim for something like that but for now show proper back next week thanks for joining me this week I've been Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan this has been Before the Encore there will be an encore back next week thanks so much for listening take care